favorite neighbors. This is Sis. This is Squirt. Okay, so it is Oscar season. Full <laughs> on. You don't say. Yeah, full <laughs> on Oscar season. And that was kind of with the impetus is like, we've got to get, we've got to get back into the neighborhood. You've actually watched some of the Oscar I have picks. watched. I haven't watched any of yes, them. Yes, I have watched some of the Oscar picks. I didn't know they were going to be Oscar picks <laughs> at the time. So, I mean, it, obviously, some of them you can obviously tell. Like, when they're releasing some of these period pieces, you're like, come on, you're buying for an Oscar. But some of them I wasn't necessarily sure were going to be the Oscar picks. They, they are nominated. I did not know that they did nominate. They did not nominate all ten for yes. best picture. Even though only what is it two years ago or last year that they came up with the they 10. increased it to ten, and then and they, this year they, they can't. They couldn't find ten. That's what this is. Some of the the scuttlebutt is that when there are slots for ten Oscar picks, and the Academy only picks nine, mm-hmm. and of those nine are none of the movies that you liked. Yeah, essentially, it acts as a snub or a a a way of like the Oscar committee to say no, whatever picture we did not include does not rank. And but it, essentially, only according to the Oscar committee, nine pictures ranked. Right. Well, here's one picture that was nominated and I felt shouldn't have ranked. Lincoln. I will go out on my own little bandwagon to say I hated that POS. I'm just, like, I sat down to watch Lincoln and I was a little bit excited about it because, well, number one, because of Spielberg. I am a Spielberg fan. Right. Like, I, as much as there's controversy about him and stuff, movies leave me warm and fuzzy. Yes. There were some really good, decent actors in it. There was all the hype about it. I saw it only a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so there was all this hype about it. And so my mother, which was a part of the hype, was like, we have to see this movie. I was like, okay, mom, I'm going to go see Lincoln with you. My mother and I decided an hour and 30 minutes in, when we had not experienced or learned anything more than what was in our history books, to stop watching it. We just... You all didn't even... No. Oh. It was that boring. I watched this movie and I thought, you know what? I've seen PBS documentaries done better. Wow. It it was like watching a bad PBS documentary. And the thing that, I guess, the thing that hurt my feelings the most about this is because it was Spielberg, because it was Daniel Day-Lewis, because it was Sally Field, Mm -hmm. etc. Like, I expected more from them from them and what the movie was going to do because Spielberg is a great storyteller and humanizes so many kind of tragic events, humanizes war, humanizes the Holocaust, like sucks you into these stories that then allow you to humanize this event. And this movie was so detached, was so textbook. Really? It, it, It didn't humanize Lincoln to me at all. It was the same Lincoln that I had read about. Now, maybe people had different history teachers and they weren't as fascinated with the Civil War as my 11th grade history teacher was, but we went through this. We humanized Lincoln better in my 11th grade history class than they did here. Maybe in some other parts of the United States, they only read a little chapter mm-hmm. and didn't figure it out. But all of these debates that were going on in Congress, yeah. we read those. Yeah. We acted them out in our class. So it wasn't anything new and I was I was just really, really let down and disappointed. And the fact that it was an hour and a half in and we still had another almost hour or two oh, to go. God. And I was like, I could watch this, but it's not like I don't know how it ends. Right. So and, and and so far they're not enlightening me with anything new right. as far as this goes. I almost feel and I don't know if, if whoever wrote the screenplay or when they put it together they didn't do this, but I would have liked to, because they had enough time, to start with Lincoln's childhood. 
give me something that I don't know in the books. And I don't care if you made it up. It's not a biopic. Right. You know, or like an autobiography or right. a biography of Lincoln. It's a movie called Lincoln. They're not saying it's the biography. So it's entertainment. Show me him as a kid. Show me when he met Mary Todd. Mm. Make him human for me. Tell me about the deaths of his other kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I want that Lincoln. I want Lincoln the dad. I know Lincoln the president. Everybody knows Lincoln the president. Well, I think it was never going to be that movie. I mean, it would have been it would have been better. It could have been maybe better. But what I actually have heard more is more reasons to not see it. It almost feels like it's this year's War Horse. Yeah. Like last year everybody was like, "Okay, War Horse. It's a movie about a War Horse." On Broadway it was something interesting because it was it was the way they costumed it, and it was a very moving play. But taking it from a play to a movie, everybody was like, we know what it is. It's a movie about a horse. And actually, in the movie, you get to use a real horse. On Broadway, they couldn't use a real horse, so that was part of the interesting thing of making rigging look interesting. One of the things that they've gotten dead wrong is they show one of the representatives from, I think, Connecticut voting to keep slavery mm -hmm. and like a Connecticut legislator actually looked it up and that's wrong. And so they, but there's like just, it's little things like that. Like if the story was better, that type of artistic liberty wouldn't have ticked me off because it's a movie. Okay. Like I'm not looking for a history lesson. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a history lesson, then yeah, I'd be really ticked that mm -hmm. the Connecticut Senator voted the wrong way, but it's not a history lesson. But a lot of people are going to use it as a history I know, lesson. which I think is, which I'm like, then fine, make it a PBS documentary and don't get freaking nominated for an Oscar. Because <laughs> that's what it freaking is. It's not, it, if it, because that's what it ended up well, being. Well, but you can't help what people use movies for. I mean, no, people use the but, Scarlet Letter with Demi Moore as cliff notes. But here's the thing though, but that, that's, that's what I'm saying though, is that it was, like you're saying, like people are getting ticked off about the facts, which is fine. Mm -hmm. They're legitimate, like to say inconsistencies, like historically this was wrong, historically right. this was wrong and this wasn't right. But I would, I would give more credence to those things. If it was a documentary on Lincoln, like, I feel like no one's sitting there because and, it, and it's a little bit of expectations and stuff, but no one's sitting there getting all upset about uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Like, we all know that they're going to be. Well, because that sets up from yeah. the beginning that it's not true. Yes. And this is a movie. It doesn't and, and matter. I know it's a movie based on facts, but it's still a movie. And I feel the same way about the help. Like, it's my same thing. It's like the help is not fact it's not a history okay but equate, lesson okay but equate lincoln to like pearl harbor people watch the movie pearl harbor mm -hmm. which i also didn't watch i watched it you watched it mm -hmm. i didn't and they're like this is true maybe the the through line of the love story mm -hmm. is not true but they expect all of the background stuff to be true well, and see and that's the thing i don't know if there were inconsistencies in pearl harbor or not i did watch the love the pearl harbor and what was engaging to me was the love story we all knew how it ended we all knew that the japanese attacked pearl harbor if somehow they had made the koreans come in and do it then maybe i would have been pissed but right but we you know or if they messed up the date right. and all of that type of stuff so those are general facts that can be right but if there was a like b-52 bomber and it was a b-74 bomber that was supposed to have dropped whatever I wouldn't have cared as a moviegoer because the story was so engrossing about that couple. But I'm not talking about caring. I'm talking about how it's going to be, how the movie is going to be used going forward. And I worry that with all of these blatant inconsistencies, it's still going to be used going forward for those people who are looking for a shortcut as to what led mm -hmm. up to the Civil War. Mm -hmm. 
And they're going to be very, very wrong. And it's good. I mean, not get me wrong. It's not on my job to like defend yeah. the teachers of America, but history teachers are going to have to constantly, constantly, constantly disprove this movie. Yeah. And I think it would have been better. I feel like maybe if they had given, I guess part of it is they given more creative license mm-hmm. to parts of Lincoln's earlier life or more creative license in other parts of the film to giving it more heart, then history teachers would have been, <laughs> wouldn't have been so upset about right, it. Right. Like, I don't know, cause I don't know factually, I do know they existed, but I don't know factually how factually accurate Glory, the movie Glory is with the first, with the black Massachusetts Union soldiers that fought. Right, right. In the Civil War. I know there was mm-hmm. a, a regiment of black Union soldiers. I have no idea how accurate Glory is, but it's a fantastic story. Right. And it does give me some insight into history, but I'm not going to be quoting it in my history paper. And part of the way that they told the story when I saw it, and I was, I was in like ninth or 10th grade, I didn't expect it to be a documentary. Because well, but that's the type of person you are, and I mean, again, me no, no, no. It's literally the way they told this story. It was like I turned on PBS. Well, that's the problem. That's actually part of part of why it's more of a problem that it's historically inaccurate. Mm-hmm. It is the fact that okay, it looked like a PBS documentary. It looked like a Ken Burns documentary. It did, except it was much more boring, according to you. Yes, and it was wrong. Yes, and, so- and that's why I don't think it should be nominated for an Oscar. It it wasn't like if, if it was, it needs to be nominated in the documentary film category. But it's not a documentary. Exactly. So not even on the list. To strike eight movies. There are eight movies for best picture. And strike it and leave it alone. Okay, great segue into another movie that got a lot of buzz and a lot of hype, but you and I still haven't seen it for our own reasons is Les Mids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's be fair. It's Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, only the Broadway people call it Les Mis. The Miserables. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why have you, you still not yet seen Les Mis? <sighs> because. Because I won't go with you. No. <laughs> Short answer, I have been burned one too many times. I'm like, I'm sorry, Hollywood. You've done it to me one too many times. I just can't do it again. When people put musicals on screen, mm-hmm. it's like after... I don't know, maybe like after 1986 or something, somehow they forgot how to do it. Mm. And the most recent, Chicago is the one exception, but every other time that they've, they've adapted a musical or a musical movie for screen, it's crap. What about Hairspray? Did you like Hairspray? I still, I never watched Hairspray. I, the movie was okay, but I was a lover of the original film. Right. And the music. Before it was even a musical. Before it was even a musical. Right. And the movie the musical was fine, but it, it was one of those ones where my expectations were so low. And they definitely didn't have the campiness of the original film. Right. Because the, the original film was almost like a musical itself. So they really didn't have that much to mess up if right. they were going to make a, a movie out of the musical, right. etc. But like, you know, I've just been burned so mm-hmm. many times. I was burned by Rent, can't even think of them now because I go see them and I'm just just so disappointed. I was burned a little bit by Moulin Rouge. Like, I, I expect mm-hmm. it to be a little mm-hmm. bit more. So, I've just been burned one too many times. And then on top of it, you got me to watch and listen to the 25th anniversary of Les Mis Live production. Yes, yes. And in that production, they have Javert. No. What's his name? The cop's name? I always forget their name. Javert. Javert. Yeah. They have Javert's singing his version of stars and it's like you don't breathe Mm -hmm. while he's singing it's spectacular and that song like hearing it 
him sing it, and then even with just the 25th anniversary cast, mm-hmm. where it's not really a full staging, right. or whatnot, like, seeing all of them do it, like, it moved me <laughs> forever, and it slowly became my favorite song. Before, I have to admit, I was on the On My Own bandwagon. Right. I was. But I was like, whoa, this is a spectacular song. And I found out freaking Russell Crowe is praying him, and I, and, you know, I can't even say I love Russell Crowe. I will give credence that Russell Crowe is a decent actor, and he can carry a movie, but he can't sing. Mm-hmm. And that song is so pertinent. And then from reviews, I heard that that song was the crap song of the mm-hmm. whole movie. So, okay, my reason for not seeing Les Mis, and readers of the blog will know this, which is I have a very bad habit that I cannot seem to break with no amount of will of if I know the music to a show or a movie, I will sing it. Or if I know the lines, actually, this is, we've extended this to Shakespeare plays, which Mm -hmm. I kind of have to be physically restrained. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're a little concerned about Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing, which is coming to theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've already decided that we have to go at a time when maybe the audience isn't so big so that I can speak my lines the Mm -hmm. way I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, if I go and I know the music, I will sing along to the music. That is my one sort of big thing that keeps me from seeing re-stagings or re-airings of or reproductions of things that I already know. But my issue with Les Mis is much more complex. One, for me, and I'm, you're going to remember this too because we had the same childhood, for me it was a little bit like Annie in that it was the musical of our youth. Mm-hmm. Whereas every kid wanted to be Annie and every kid knew the song Tomorrow mm-hmm. and when it would come regionally the kids would all try out. In our area, there was the same for Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Every year in our area, one of the big theaters would put on Les Mis and they would pick a local kid to be the young Cosette. Mm-hmm. And so it was this sort, and of course, unlike in Annie, where there are multiple children in this, there's one, but it was the musical where that kid that irritated the mess out of you in elementary school for six weeks, Mm -hmm. got to be like her own little celebrity. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how good she was, people would still refer to it afterwards. That was my first impression of Les Mis. And actually at that time, I had actually never even listened to the music. I didn't listen to the music of Les Mis until I was in college. And one of my good friends was like, I love this play. It's my favorite play, musical. It's it's my favorite Mm -hmm. musical. You need to listen to this. And I started listening to it and I got into the music and I started to love the music. And I had always been a big fan of stars, but I I find I'm always a big fan of sort of the underdog music pieces that have a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. In Rent, it is um, the song called Halloween, Mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people are like, which song is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you go back and you find it, it it's actually a very, very, very beautiful song. The other thing about... Les Mis is, for me, I felt they started promoing this movie, like, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Like, early oh, no, September. Like two years ago. Right, a long, long time <laughs> ago. And then, like, early September, you couldn't go to the movies without seeing what Stephen Thompson calls, which is false, but, you know, close enough, the seven-minute Les Mis trailer mm-hmm. of how they did it and what they did and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I just, I, I couldn't, I, you know me, listeners, I can't do hype. Hype kills movies for me, and not for nothing. This movie was hyped to the extreme. Mm-hmm. It was hyped for too long. and almost got to the point where it felt like they didn't have confidence in the plot. Mm-hmm. Which is false, because anybody who actually knows the story, it's a very compelling story. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievably compelling story, and they could have sold the story. But what they ended up selling was, listen to Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman sing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that's the story they sold. And I just, I, I've heard Anne Hathaway sing. I've heard Hugh Jackman sing. I've also heard the music of Les Mis. I don't need to hear it again for two and a half hours mm-hmm. on a big screen. Mm-hmm. This just, this just had too much attention and I feel too much attention in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they had just promoted it with the actual story mm-hmm. of Les Mis, which the story is not true because there's actually like three different stories yeah. in the, piece but if they had promoted it with one of the plot lines mm-hmm. i might have been a little more comfortable to go see it but it was just it was so overhyped yeah, you know you're right because now that i think about it i'm thinking back on all the trailers that they had like if i knew nothing about les mis at all and i just saw the trailers that they had i wouldn't have known anything about the plot of the no. play i think there was one trailer the only one that kind of tells the story of jean Valjean, is they start him they start him in a prison in the work camp in the work camp and then they show, like, a cart on the street, and then they show, like, the Revolutionary War or yeah. something like that. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so maybe it's about this guy and the war in prison. But there were, there was no storytelling no. trailer. And I and I, not for nothing, I find that to be a fault. I find that to be a little bit of snobbery, mm-hmm. where it's it, the trailer exu- assumes that if you are going to go see this movie, you already know this movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't really open it up for, like, the eight-year-old little girl who was just like, Hey, you know, a story about a guy who used to work at a prison camp, made good, adopted a little girl, and then tries to keep her from falling into the wrong hands. That might be a movie I'd like to go see, Mm -hmm. but that's not the promo they showed. And so this is the sort of, sort of snobbery that I feel that comes with taking a piece that is so, it is very well known, but it is not universal. It's not canon. Mm -hmm. It's not everybody knows this story. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I still can't do it. I, I know it's probably going to win great awards. I think the thing that I'm okay with it winning awards on, unlike other movies where I'm like, oh God, I don't want it to win awards, is it costs a lot of money for them to do this. And it, it, may, it took a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that studio, it will win some awards, but I don't think it'll win enough awards that studios will go, we're going to do this with everybody. We're yeah. going to do Sound of Music from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're not going to redo. Except they are thinking of remaking Sound of Music. No, I know, with Carrie Underwood, which I am so not okay with. Me neither. Oh, by the way, fantasy casting for that. I put this out on our Twitter page, but mm-hmm. fantasy casting for that. Zachary Levi as Captain Von Trapp. Mm-hmm. Yvonne Strahovski as Baroness Von Trader. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it can be, and I actually think it should be an unknown who plays Maria. Mm-hmm. But there are more than enough strong actresses who yeah. could, or strong songstress who could take yeah. that on. But it's just such, I mean, going off topic here, but it's such an iconic role. It's like one of those ones where, like, I just don't know. One of the things that I remember is that, what is it, that really, really high note that she hits at the very end of, do re me. When they're on the steps, he yeah, her hand on her head. and on her head, head and she <laughs> yeah. you know, keeps going. I'm kind of like, I don't know anybody who can do that. Issues with Carrie Underwood across the board, I don't think she can do any of it. But <laughs> that's just me. Other people love her, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But like, it's like, you know, I don't even know of anyone that, and it's, and she's, it's just such an iconic role. And, and Julie Andrews somehow managed to play it with this innocence and like, sexiness it's not it's not this like kind of overt no sexiness but she was like while she was wanted to earnestly be a nun and take care of these kids she was still a woman and somehow she managed to get that across yeah in how she acted i don't know what she did and and i wanted her to be my mom and my best friend like 
She did such a great job. I think if they do redo it, I think the Carrie Underwood thing is a bad idea. But I think if they do redo it, what they need is a director and a, a star who can put their own touch on it. Because mm-hmm. you can't do mini Julie Andrews. And I feel that's where they're going with Carrie Underwood. Yeah. They're like, let's cut her hair short, give her, you know, an unflattering 70s bob, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. make her this. And that's, that's, that's not fair. No. That's, that's a low rent version of something that mm-hmm. is more canon than Les Mis. Yeah. You know, they, you really need someone who can really put their own touch on it, put their own spin on it. It would be very, very different. And as a huge fan of Sound of Music, I might actually not be comfortable with it, mm-hmm. but I think that would be a stronger way to go mm-hmm. rather than to try to recreate the version mm-hmm. that they had. Yeah. I almost wish they would like just update it, like do a 2.0 or something and just tell it in a different way. Like, I mean, I love sound, and I don't want to like, you know, sh- make it like sound of music movie, the shrine and say no one else can ever do it again. And yada, yada, because I love actually the, um, the Jason Alexander and the, uh, Vanessa Williams. Williams with that, that version of Bye Bye Birdie and, and, uh, what's his face is in it? Mac and Broadway, right? Seen that one? No. no. Um, no, it, but China Phillips. And I can't remember the other yeah, guy. I actually like that one. Yeah, it's a good you one. know, and so I'm not going to say that all these all these musicals can't be redone, but I almost wish like that one is just I don't know, it's just so iconic to me that like they just kind of told it differently. Like maybe it's a you know a different war, a different time, same music and same songs, but just like not in Austria, like. Well, I'll even give you, I mean, you know, I read the book, like mm-hmm. her Maria von Trapp's, the real Maria mm-hmm. von Trapp's actual story. Mm-hmm. There is a lot more story after they leave Austria. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they leave Austria, they get to New York, they, they perform in New York, then they start a farm out in like Vermont or something mm-hmm. that teaches it. There's a lot more story. They could totally shift it. If they shifted it though, I'd say they need to shift the songs. Yeah. They can have little, um, Earworm is not the right word, but little, he, uh, like, harken backs to, like, some of the music that they, that from the original one. But I would say, if you're going to shift it, shift it. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I don't know, I can't write the play myself, but I'm kind of thinking, like, just because it's so much in the news now, but, like, someplace like Egypt or Iran or, like, Syria or something where, like, they are a group of people that are leaving. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're refugees oh, and, it, and things are, that are, would be very, very different. Yeah, are turning over and there's a, you know, but then ca- what, do you still call it the sound of music? I don't know, but you could still use the same, I mean, like you could use the same song. The hills are alive with the sound of music. There is this family, you know, do, re, me. The only song that wouldn't work would be Edelweiss. Right. Because that is, you know, specifically to there, but like have that story could happen and then I don't know if it would be different enough for me that I wouldn't feel like it would need to live up to those standards but that type of turbulent time change where a regime shame is ha- change is happening in your country and you need to leave and tell the story that way just in slightly different if you want to continue any of the conversations that we've started here you can follow us at my fave neighbors on twitter or through our blog, which is myfavoriteneighbors.blogspot.com. This is Sis. And this is Squirt. Thanks for stopping by. You'll You'll know us when when you see us. us.